Welcome to the Issa Rugby Podcast, where we bring you the latest news, updates, and interviews. With more insights from the Springboks. It is the Springboks champions of the world. The Junior Box, the Blitzbox, our two national women's teams, local competitions, and more. and welcome to episode 3 of the SA Rugby podcast. My name is Dion Borchard from SA Rugby and to start I'd like to mention that our podcast can now also be accessed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Neither of our guests for this episode need any introduction. Both were heroes for the Springboks as they won the Rugby World Cup in Japan last year. Later on in the show we'll hear from Andre Pollard in France but first chatting to Cheslin Colby, who is currently in Cape Town where he is doing wonderful work in his community with the Be The Difference campaign. Welcome Chesley, it's great to have you here uh, on, our, on our podcast. Uh, before we chat about that try that you scored in Japan last year, can you just tell us uh, where are you based at the moment and what are you, uh, what are you busy with? I understand you've got uh, Justin Gedult from the Blitzbox who's staying with you. <laughs> yeah, De Jong, yes, thank you so much for, for having me on the show. Um, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, myself and, and Justin are, are with during the, the lockdown. Um, obviously, great to have him with us um, at the house and, and sharing and uh, some thoughts on, on how we can keep fit. And uh, I'm just learning from him in terms of the, the seven's fitness. So that definitely helps me and benefits me. Um, to get some savings uh, fitness so I can keep my myself up to up to the good standard. <laughs> I can only imagine and at least you know what it takes to play sevens having been been there before. Um, Jeslin, I've seen over the last couple of days on social media especially, <laughs> um, you are quite involved in some projects in the communities where you live. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that please? Yes, uh, we, we're really busy and blessed. Um, to be to be doing what we're doing with the Be the Difference Foundation. Um, so I'll just give you a short summary how everything started when it started. So the foundation has been established in 2014. Um, we're running a three-in-one uh, project uh, through the foundation, which consists of a sport, academic, and then giving out hot meals uh, seven days a week and food parcels once a week. So, yeah, we, we're quite busy um, in terms of giving back during this difficult time um, of the COVID-19 as a lot of South Africans has been affected. So, we, we do go out to com- communities, uh, as I said, seven days a week, different places, different areas, and we try and feed the needy. Um, it's, it's really sad uh, to see how this has affected um, the, our communities and uh, from from young kids to the elderly, uh, people standing in lines and starving of hunger. Uh, yeah, all we want to do is, is provide uh, what we can, give them food and make sure that they don't go to bed without without stomach. But in saying that, uh, obviously you, you we need to, to raise funds to make sure that we can reach out uh, as much people um, as we can in our communities. So um, we, we, we have different form, formats of, of raising money. Um, 
even if you could see I've, I've raffled off one of my, my World Cup for your boots um, and the money that we'll be raising uh, goes towards the foundation um, as, and the clear thing about it is just to, to raise in as much uh, money as we can so that we can have uh, or get out to as much communities and feed a lot of more people um, because the needy or the demand is quite high at, at this time so yeah also we we will be grateful for any like donations uh, anything that people are willing to assist us with so that we can give back uh, to the people that needs it and yeah, as I said, we just we, we really try to do what we can with what we have, but any anyone that's willing to assist and support us will be really greatly appreciated. Um, because there's so many people that, that needs uh needs a hand and needs help and yeah, we're just doing the best uh we can uh to to help and put a smile on someone else's face. So it's a lot of hard work, it's seven days a week, it's Waking up early in the mornings, going going to bed late at night, uh, sacrificing the time. Uh, you know, you don't get a, you don't get to to spend a lot with your family, but you're also doing this for for a good cause and and putting a smile on someone else's face. So we're doing we're all doing this out of our hearts um, because we love what we're doing and we love giving back to our community. So um, yeah, uh, we. It's it's we 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 as players are really blessed for for what we have in our lives and uh, I think we we should honestly just at some point just take a look at ourselves and just sit back and and be thankful for for what we have and there's there's people that's much worse off than than what we are and the little things we complain about the it's 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 very it's petty things compared to what other people are, are facing in life and struggling with so. Now that just this gives you a bit of uh, motivation to to keep uh, doing the best that you can as 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 an athlete and as a player and for your family, but also to to provide to the to the needy and make sure that they also have a bit of hope uh, and have and can look forward to to another day, um, hoping that there will be some food and something on the table to feed their families. Oh, that's wonderful, Cheslin. No, well done. Can you maybe just give us an idea which areas in Cape Town are you are you concentrating on? And if people want to get involved, how do they do that? Is there a website or, or something they can visit? How would they do that? Yeah, so if people would like to get involved, uh, the Be The Difference as uh, the social media platform, the Instagram, it's the Be The Difference Foundation. Uh, so they can get involved uh, by either contacting the Be The Difference on Facebook, uh, Instagram, or they can contact myself um, on Instagram or my email. Uh, or the, the, uh, the guy that uh, started the foundation is Grantham Abrams. Um, you can just follow him on, on Instagram or any social media platforms and then we will definitely uh, be in touch with, with whatever someone is willing to assist and help us with. Um, uh, everybody helps, small or big, doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's means so much to someone out there and that's, 
that's why what we want to give back is doesn't matter what it is if it's something small or big it's something that can feed or motivate the, the next person and the communities we we are going currently into it's, it's Greifontein so we have two in Greifontein which is the community where, where I was brought up and grew up as, as a young kid uh, at Scottsville um, and then we have Wallace Dean and then Strand we've got Elsie's River um, we've got Franz Rook there's about seven communities we, we go to and to be honest uh, yes if we if we could raise or get more help, we can go to more different communities and help out uh, as a foundation um, because there's so many people that that's in need of it. Um, yeah, but we, we're focusing on the ones that I, I mentioned to you now and because there's quite a, a high demand in, in those communities because most of them are communities that's known for crime, for drugs, uh, and people that, that don't have jobs and don't have the, the income to to provide to their, their kids, their families. So yeah, we, we, we're doing the best that we can as a foundation by, by digging up out of our own pockets and, and getting donations from from people that, that support the foundation. But we can do with a lot of more help and, and support. So hopefully uh, there will be a lot more people seeing what we're doing at the foundation and hopefully a lot of more people that are willing to, to come from on board with us and, and help. and. Make, and just lend out a hand to, to those uh, that, that needs it and hopefully we can just keep doing that uh, in a positive way and, and there will be someone that won't go to bed hungry uh, each and every day so yeah that, that that's our vision that's our goal um, is to make a difference and give hope in, in people's lives wonderful uh, thanks so much Jason uh, thanks so much for your time before before I say goodbye, I would just like to uh, to get a, a thought from you. Um, uh, when when uh, when Andre Pollard spoke to us, he said that uh, the moment you stepped Owen Farrell on the inside to score that fantastic try in the World Cup final last year, that's the moment that they, you know, kind of knew that the game was in the bag. Uh, talk us through your thoughts when that thing happened. You know, scoring that try. Um, it must have been a very, very special moment in your career so far. No, yes, definitely been the best memory since my, my professional rugby career started. Um, but I told myself before the final, there's probably not going to be a lot of opportunities with ball in hand because it's a final and it's it's going to be the team that, that plays the best rugby and the best style. Um, and I just thought, if there's going to be opportunity for me to attack, I'll make sure that I make the most out of it. And... I got the, the pass from Peter Steff to do it, yes, and I was already on full tilt, um, running onto the ball, and I saw Joe Moll, and yes, first thing, I just get, went on the outside and tried burning him, and I got past him, and the next guy in front of me was, was Owen Farrell. It, it's things you pitch it during training, but you wanting an opportunity like that in the game, and I was so excited for, for getting that ball, and just creating something out of nothing and just uh, stepping Owen Farrell before I could get to the trial and was, was really incredible. It's, it's a memory that will last with me for the rest of my life. Um, it's things I, I read about each and every day that people tag me on, on social media. So it's, it's great to have that memories with you because that's what you, that's what you look for and that's what you, what you dream of um, is to create those, those memories and just enjoying it.
And yeah, scoring the, a try in the World Cup final, yes, there's not a lot of people that, that can do that. And, and I'm, I'm lucky uh, that I could score a try in the final, um, yes. But at the moment I dotted that ball down, there was just that feeling of, of a bit of relief and knowing that we're closer to, to lifting that cup up. Um, I think that probably put like the nail in the coffin for, for us by, by, by knowing that the World Cup is, is coming back to South Africa and we're going to be the champions. But obviously you, you play to the final whistle, but within the last four, three or four minutes, um, looking at the big skilling when they started engraving the South Africa's name onto the, the Web Ellis Cup, yes. You just stand there, like just looking at the screen, like full of joy and happy. Like, listen, it, it's real. It's happening. It's it's South Africa. Um, we've done it. And our main thing was, it's, it's we have to deliver a great performance and just make sure that we we do this for the whole of South Africa, everyone that's supporting us back home and across the world to, to make them proud and make ourselves proud. So, yeah, we, we really did an amazing job and I'm just grateful to to have scored in the final and to be a part of the, the 2019 uh, World Cup team. Some some wonderful memories there. Cheslin, um, thanks so much again for your time. Good luck with the great work you are doing. Just to recap, if people want to want to get involved and see what you're doing, they must check out your your um, social media pages or uh, be the difference on social media. Thanks so much for, for all of that and uh, best of luck with the training with Justin. Send our regards and thanks again for your time. Uh, thanks to you. Thank you for your time. And yeah, uh, as I said, uh, just give me a shout out on, on Instagram if you want to help and support the foundation or just message the, the Be The Difference Foundation on Instagram and, and we'll definitely get back to you. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for the support and yeah, everybody keep safe and well during this, this difficult time. Thank you. Next up, joining us all the way from Montpellier in France is Springbok Flyoff, Andre Pollard. Andre, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, what's, the, what's the weather like up there in France today? Hi, Leon. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, <laughs> it's actually not great this week, but uh, up, until, up until about Sunday, actually, it was actually very good this side. It's, it's starting to be a, a nice south of France um, summer. It's something I've always looked forward to. So uh, apart from this week, it's actually been great. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, Andre, are you guys also in a, in a state of lockdown with the, with the COVID-19 pandemic? Or how are things working down there, up there in, in France with, with the with the, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah we, we, we were in lockdown for about uh, 54 days, um, quite strict lockdown, uh, almost similar to what South Africa was in. And then now, uh, a few days ago on Monday, they uh, actually sort of lifted it up. And we are actually moving around quite a bit and there's quite a lot of freedom, actually more than we, more than we ever expected. So, um, so far, so good. But if the numbers rise again, we, we'll go back again into lockdown. Of course, it's a it's a it's a it's a tricky situation. Something something I don't think the world has hasn't seen in a long time. So, um, yeah, well, obviously, with that in mind, uh, something that a lot of people are talking about would be, you know, training. Um, what are what are you guys doing? Are you back on the on the training field, or are you still in your own? How, how's that working out? 
yeah, I know we 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 still not on on the training field. We uh, we are trying to organise uh, with the government, of course, and all of that, so we can start training again in June. Um, hopefully, but before that, it's going to be a whole lot of uh, medical tests and all kinds of stuff you got to pass before that happens. And even if if that's all clear, we can only train in groups of four or five for about four weeks. So, in terms of normal rugby training, I'd probably say another two two and a half months probably up here. Um, but but like we all know, this thing changes so quickly, so we don't look too far into the future. What is the situation currently with the with the French rugby league? No, it's it's all shut down for the season. It's all cancelled. Um, they are, they want to start in September with the 2020-2021 season, um, but that's uh, they are sort of just holding thumbs for that, and, and if it's possible. But uh, I mean, everybody's trying their best, but for now, everything has been shut down. So. It's also tough. They, the clubs don't want us to come back to South Africa because maybe we can't come back when the new season starts and, and pre-season and all of that. So uh, it's a bit of a weird situation. But for now, we are planning on playing rugby again in, in September. Well, that's actually something I wanted to get to ask you. Uh, a lot of players who are based overseas uh, managed to return to South Africa for this period of lockdown. Um, Cheslin Colby, who we spoke to a bit earlier, is also here in Cape Town, uh, but you you chose to remain in France. Have you got any plans to return to South Africa at some stage, or are you going to stick it out and stay there for as long as you as you have to? Yeah, we would love to come back for a bit and uh, see family and friends. But I mean, whether you're in lockdown there or yeah, I guess it's it's all all the same. So we decided we're all awaited out a bit. Yeah, um, it's a it's a first world country, and, and medically, I must say the French really stepped up and they did a great job in terms of. Even though there was a lot of cases here, um, they still was able to help every single person in need. So, I mean, and then also another thing is the club. Like I said earlier, they don't want you to go back. And then maybe South Africa, things worsen or, or the travel ban is still up. And then, then you're not back in time for the next season to start. So, um, that's all the kind of things you have to think about. And uh, for now, it's uh, my wife and I am still happy here. And uh, uh, we, we decided we'd rather wait it out for sudden. Of course, that's totally understandable. Um, Obviously, you're, at a, you're in a position in your career now where things are not as straightforward as it used to be. So I want to go back to the earlier days uh, when you were still at school and you played for the Junior Springboks. Uh, you actually played for the S-Under-20s for three consecutive seasons. You captained them in your last season. Um, looking back at those days where you were still a, a carefree youngster, how do you think that helped your, your progression in your career? Yeah, I mean, those are good old days. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of worries those days, so it's just about playing rugby. And um, no, I, I was young. That was a it was a really amazing time for me in my in my development uh, and in my rugby career. It's a great three years. I will I will always look back to. Of course, the first one being at school was a was something that doesn't happen often or not a lot. So it was a bit of a weird thing. But I mean, of course, an amazing memory and experience winning it in Cape Town and then taking a lot of confidence out of that going into my professional rugby career at a, at, a, at a young age. So it's, uh, it's, I've always told people, if, if you've got the opportunity to be able to play on a, on a 20 competition or play for the s 20s, it's, it's something you must never let, let through your fingers because it's such a great way to learn. And, um, and also it's important because you get to play with guys your same, same age or similar age and you build friendships and relationships with those guys that will last you a lifetime also going into, this, into the senior level. So it's an unbelievable platform and it's, and it's some great memories I've had and, and been able to, to experience.
Oh, that's good to hear. Obviously, before that, you you played uh, for the SA schools team. I think you've been in in the in SA rugby's um, talent pipeline, the elite player development program, since probably your under sixteen days. Um, how did that being part of that system uh, benefit your development as a player? No, it's it's massive. It's a uh, it's not it's not the end all. It's not everything. Uh, it's not like you're not going to become a springbok or, or play rugby for a life if you're not in those groups. But it is just it just nudges you in the right direction and it, and it really helps you to develop quicker quicker and become a more more complete rugby player. Getting all that help and all that coaching on a higher level at a very young age is is very important. So it's amazing platforms and and again I'm going to say it again. It's not everything. It's not it's not going to stop you from becoming successful or play for the Springboks one day. But if you can be a part of it, it's, it's certainly a plus. Yeah, that makes sense. And 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 after that, it, things happened quite quickly for you. Like I said, after you captained the junior Springboks in in New Zealand that year, um, you were still you were still 20 years old, I think. You came straight back and into the Springboks squad um, 2014, and you made your debut, if I remember correctly, against Scotland in PE, and you were 20 years old. Um, that must have been pretty special. Yeah, that was that was amazing. It was actually a bittersweet moment because we we just lost the the final of the Junior World Cup by one point against England and New Zealand, and then in the locker room after after the match. Um, that one of some of the guys from SRA took me one side and said, "Listen, you're going to go and, and, and play for the box this week." And so, I mean, I was devastated on the one side, and on the other side, I was very, very excited for for what's to come. So, um, it was a crazy experience. I mean, to make your debut at a young age, um, it's it's certainly an honour, and it's also a bit bit frightening at, at at parts. But to be in that group, especially the group we had then, it's uh, it was a guy with guys a lot of experience and. And uh, it's guys that really kept you calm as a youngster. So for me, it was it was just great memories all around. We've we've spoken now about um, the the good memories and the and the pleasant times as a youngster playing playing the game that you love and making a meteoric rise, you know, from from school to the Springboks in a couple of years. But unfortunately, earlier in your career, you've also you've also had a couple of um, unfortunate injuries, which which kept your test cap tallied down. Uh, were you ever Frustrated with spending so much time on the sideline. Yeah, I mean it's it's always frustrating being injured. Uh, you want to be on the park every single every single week and every single day training and being with the guys. It's, I mean that's what we that we love doing. But rugby is a contact sport, and injury is always going to be part of it. Some guys get it early in their career, some guys later, and some guys even never get injuries. <laughs> There's a couple of those guys also. So it's part of the game and. and if you're not if you're not going to be frustrated, then it's there's something wrong with you. But also in the one sense, you got to have an open mind about it. And I mean, I was out for about 13, 14 months, and uh, had a lot of time to to reflect on on where I was. I mean, I was still a youngster. So, but for the the three years prior, four years prior, it was it was all just going well, and everything was amazing. And we get into this on these on like, on like a cloud, and you just almost lose perspective of what life's about. And, and what's going on in the world? So you just you're just riding this wave, and then something like that comes comes over your over your path, and it just makes you reflect, and you sit back, and you look back at what you've done, and and what you want to do going forward. Um, so for me, it was very frustrating, but in a sense, it was it was great because I came back. I think I came back appreciating everything much more, and I came back with a much clearer mind of of where I wanted to go. 
So obviously, you know, sitting on the sideline, like you said, you've had a lot of time to reflect, but, but things did start to, to look up for you and obviously for the Springboks as well. So let's talk about the last two seasons. Um, the two years after the 2015 Rugby World Cup was tough for the box. Um, but do you feel that things started looking up in 2017, especially when you consider that performance against the All Blacks at Newlands, I think where we lost by one point in the end, which was much better than, than a couple of weeks before when, when the All Blacks put 57 points on the Springboks? Yeah, I mean, those two tough years, um, unfortunately, I, I missed out on quite a bit of that. I'm sure the guys who were part of the game they will, will have a sense of, of how it was and how tough it really was. But I think also in the one hand that, that All Blacks game in New Zealand was was great because I mean it just gave the people a bit of hope again and, and sort of gave the guys a bit of confidence again. But in on the on the other side it sort of just covered up where we were. Uh, it's, uh, it was a bit of false confidence uh, if you ask me. Um, as a group we 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 thought we were on the right path again but there were still so many many issues uh, all, all over that we had to sort out. So, in a sense, it covered up a few of the cracks um, for the time being, but uh, certainly there was, a, there was big changes that had to happen. And, and of course, it, it did happen with Russian and coming in. Um, and then, I mean, the next two years, not results-wise, but certainly the way the box did stuff, uh, it was much better. Yeah, well, Rossi, Rossi's appointment in 2018, his return to South Africa was a big thing. Um, and like you say, while the results were still a bit up and down, especially in that first season under Rossi, a few big things happened that year. Um, you know, the, the big one was the biggest one was obviously beating the All Blacks in Wellington, and that was for the first time in something like a decade. Um, how important in the in the progression of the team was that specific result? Oh, it was massive. It's a, it's a something we focused on the whole season. Um, Rossi just called it out earlier early on way before we even got to that test match, he said, that's a game you want to win. Um, of course, you want to win every single test match you play in, but we knew we had a lot of things to sort out and uh, a lot of stuff in our culture and the way we do things and, and getting the main thing to be the main thing again to to really get get ourselves back on track. So, like you said, the results were, were always always good and a bit inconsistent, but we were building something and we were building confidence in the group and we were building a, a style of play that we believe in and uh, just just getting that belief in ourselves again, which was the most important thing. Um, and then, of course, that, that test match happened in Wellington and, and it was a great, great day for us and it gave us a lot of confidence. But again, we lacked the consistency and I think that was also the big focus going into that next season in 2019 is building and getting some consistency. The, the confidence you're talking about, uh, just to go back to that end of year tour in November 2018, um, I think, you know, the, the results were still a bit 50-50, but there were two games that, that, that the Springboks had to really dig deep and, and, and scrape through to win. The one was that last minute try against France in Paris. Um, that must have helped considerably building the relief, belief in the team. Absolutely. I think that was a great tour for us um, as a group. Uh, we knew it was going to be tough, especially after that first game with the, the high tackle incident that didn't go our way. Uh, but we knew we could have won that game as well. And then to go scrap it out in, here in Paris, the way we did, we weren't good that day. But if you can win on, on, on days, you're not firing at all cylinders. That's, that's a sign of a good side and that's a side of a team that can, can actually win stuff and achieve stuff. So, I mean, we never satisfied with that performance, but what we took out of it was, was truly a lot of confidence. 
So again, the confidence is there. You say that there, was, there wasn't complete satisfaction, so there was something still to aim for. And then 2019 happened. Um, it was a wonderful season for South African rugby. Um, you know, played 12 tests, one defeat, one draw um, against the All Blacks. Those were the only blemishes on the, on the season. And uh, we won two major trophies. Uh, you must have enjoyed the 2019 season quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was an awesome, awesome year. And it will probably be one of the best um, years in my career. And probably in my life, uh, me and my wife speak about it a lot. I look back at, at last year and it was such an amazing, amazing year. But in terms of the rugby, I mean, firstly, the, the way that Rassi and them just planned everything so, so meticulously, it was amazing. Sending guys over earlier, giving other guys the opportunity to play against Australia and Ellis Park. And they just plan everything out perfectly. And I must say, that's one thing about the squad of guys is they, they ask questions, but they, but they believe in what Rossi and his team does. And uh, they, they, didn't ask, they didn't disagree at all. They just said, listen, this is the plan. And this is what we're going to do. And, and let's all commit. And everybody just bought in. So, I mean, winning the, winning the championship was, of course, awesome for us. Uh, as a group, we haven't won anything together for a long time. And then, I mean, yeah, the Rugby World Cup happened and, and that was just amazing. So, so growing as a group and, and buying into the plan, um, that's obviously a, a very important thing when it comes to a, a squad with consisting of a bunch of players and coaches and management members. But something else that, that struck me, and I think a lot of people would have picked up on it, Sia Kulisi often alluded to the strong leadership group in the squad and how everyone knows exactly what his role is. You are part of that. Tell us a bit more about how the Springbok Leadership Group works. Yeah, it's a, it, was, it was such a great, easy way. It, was, made it, so, it made it so easier for us to work together. I mean, Sia did a great job. I mean, of course, we know the magnitude and how massive it was for Sia to be captain and, and the first black captain and all, that, all the responsibility that came with that. We as a group also knew, listen, yeah, he's not going to be able to do everything himself. Um, he's going to need some help. And it's, it's not something we, we didn't even have a big discussion about it. Everybody just realized that the scenario we are in and he's going to have so much to do off the field uh, in terms of media and sponsors. And, and I mean, being the face of, of the Springboks, it's, it's going to take its toll on him as well. So we, myself and Dwayne and, and, and Irby and some of the guys just try to, to sort of look after the rugby part of things. Um, we try to really, so in the week, he can focus on his own game and, and just play the best rugby he can. And then, then we'll help with all the t technical stuff and we'll help with decision-making. Um, he always had the last call, but we just try to help him as much as we can. And I think as a group, we really work together. Everybody trusted each other to take care of their department and, um, and it worked out brilliantly. So being a fly-off and, and one of the leaders in the squad is, is obviously a, a thing that, that takes a lot of responsibility and... Um, with it comes pressure. Two things that, that you are not averse to. Um, a big moment that happened in the World Cup last year was that late penalty goal that you took against Wales. Um, if, if you had missed, uh, the box could have been eliminated from the competition. Um, how, did you, how did you approach that specific kick? It was such a tight game. It was a, a, a tussle and an arm wrestle. And it all came down to you in the end. Yeah, it was... Uh... Firstly, I was, I was sort of upset at Fuff because I wanted to go for the drop goal and he sort of ran five, six steps with the ball first. But that's, that's classic Fuff. He's, he's on, his own, on his own horse most of the time. But uh, I, I, was, I was pretty confident at that stage. I think the, 
uh, Damien scored that try in that same similar corner, almost a similar spot, um, just a bit earlier, and struck it well, and was striking it rather all day. And uh, just told myself, listen, this is what it is. Um, I'm not a, I don't get too stressed out. I'm a pretty chilled guy, so it's you, you try not to think of of the magnitude of of the moment, but I mean, it's no secret. It was a big moment, and. Those in those moments, all you can do is trust in trust in your system and and trust that you've put in put in the hard work and put in enough time and and then you got to tr you trust your abilities and uh, luckily I, I I put it over and uh, and we got us into the final. Yeah, that was a that was a, a big moment in the in the entire competition. But then your next kick at goal in the final, uh, you missed that one. It wasn't the most difficult kick. It was quite far, if I remember correctly. How do you handle those moments in terms of your thought process and you know potentially blocking out the possibility of missing again? Um, it's it's early in a in a World Cup final. You've just pulled it skew. What goes through your mind at that stage? Yeah, I mean it's of course disappointing. You know the the importance of every kick, um, even more so in a, in a final of a rugby World Cup. But just in terms of of confidence going into the rest of the 80 minutes to start that first one it's always a nice nice feeling and it just calms you down and, and gives you confidence uh, so of course it did not happen for me um, but but luckily I knew exactly luckily exactly what I did wrong and then unfortunately uh, Sinclair got that big concussion um, for me that was a it was never a good thing to see a rugby player like that but it gave me four or five minutes to just quickly to recoup and, and get back to zero and, and just put my focus onto, the, onto my next job and my next next task and, and Again, trusting in your system and trusting in your ability and not, not questioning yourself is, is the most, most important thing, I guess. So, uh, the composure is an important thing there. Um, you, you play fly-off. It's a, it's a position that, that kind of gives direction to the team. I know you guys play a lot of, of nine as well. Um, but in the World Cup final, the, the pack laid a, a platform that must have been a total pleasure for you to play from. How much easier is it for a fly-off or, you know, players direct the game in a way, the, the so-called general. How much easier is it to play when you are on the front foot like that? Oh, it's, it's really, it's something you, I don't think you can explain. It's, it's a feeling on the field that, I mean, everybody that's played five or, or played nine as well, uh, it's a feeling you get. It's, it's truly amazing. And, and for our forwards that day to dominate an unbelievable English pack in a final of the Rugby World Cup the way they did, it's truly, it's truly the unsung heroes of, of that final. I mean, set piece, general play, wherever we went, our forwards just dominated him and they just got stuck in every single minute. So it makes our job so much easier and it gives you just that half a second more and a half a second as a fly off it makes a hell of a difference. So it was truly amazing to play behind the back like that. Yeah, it was a, it was a special performance. Uh, at what stage in the final did you get a feeling that? Yeah, boys, we've we've got this. Did you did you ever feel like that? Yeah, we after we scored that that first try that uh, my peep scored. Sort of looked at the scoreboard myself. I was like, okay, we <laughs> we can do this. But it never never was a feeling of okay, we've got it. And then I think, of course, when when Chizzy uh, beat Farrell on the inside and you can see him running in to score that try, that's a moment. We all knew, and uh, we know the famous picture of where the, where the trophy is being engraved. And I mean, it's, it would have been pretty awkward if, like, if something had to happen uh, and that's, <laughs> we knew the trophy. Um, that's the moment we all sort of on the pitch looked at each other and were like, okay, we, we did this um, and just try to enjoy this last three, four minutes as best as you can. 
Yeah, you all saw that on the big screen. I think I think everyone that saw that around the world is, and especially down here in South Africa, it was a it was a it was a very poignant moment in the whole game, and 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 that's when you kind of realised you cannot undo the uh, the engraving on a, on a trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so like you said, you you try to enjoy those last couple of minutes, and and then the celebrations followed. Um, how did how did you enjoy that? Uh, it's a it's a funny feeling. Um, there's of course excitement and, and all of those emotions, but it's a lot of relief. Actually, it's a it's a long it's a long journey and it's a lot of hard work. And by that stage, we were together for 19, 19 weeks as a group, um, every single day, every single minute. So to just look each other in the eye, you know, and just just say more say thank you for for the sacrifice and all the hard work uh, for me personally. That's that's why we why we do what we do. It's uh, it's nice winning trophies and medals and, and earning money and all of that. But to to sit in the locker room to have a beer with with your mate and and, and appreciate a moment which all of us sacrifice so much for together, just a group of us together. That's that's the sort of memories that I will I will look back to. And then you guys stayed behind in Tokyo for a couple of days. Um, there were the World Rugby Awards where the Springboks and, and Rassi and Sia and, and the guys, Peter Steph, cleaned up. And then you returned to South Africa to a reception. I think uh, most of you were pretty shocked when you saw uh, the people at the airport that day and then the trophy tour through South Africa. How did you enjoy those couple of days? Jeez, yeah, that was, that was just crazy. Um, we, I mean, I was on the flight with Sia and Rossi and, and the trophy, so uh, we sort of, we sort of told each other this is going to be a bit, bit crazy. Uh, we did not expect whatever happened on that airport. It was, it was truly, just crazy. And uh, uh, but to see how much it meant to the people, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. We, we got all the messages and we saw all these videos while we were in, in, in Japan. But to, to really see what what was going on here. I mean, that was just unbelievable. And it's, it's really humbling to see how, how we as a group can affect uh, the morale and, and the vibe of the people in our country and, and to see how much, we, how much joy we brought to a lot of, of, lot of people um, that whole week all over the country. It's, it makes it so much better even to, to, uh, to have won it. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, you, you didn't have a lot of time to, to stay behind and enjoy the festivities though, because I suppose you had to return to France at some stage. Um, how long, how long did you stay in South Africa afterwards? And um, what's it like being in Montpellier so far? Yeah, I didn't have a lot of time. I should have got back. Um, and then the next day, I quickly fixed my, my jaw, that I, my, my, my cheek that I broke. And then I had a couple of days of trophy tour. And I, I think it was five days. We had about five days at home, um, just packing up and, and seeing family and friends for the last time. And then we, then we flew over straight here. Um, but I mean, it's great. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, this, this whole season has been disrupted and uh, everything is at a standstill. But overall, I mean, it's, we've really enjoyed our time here so far. And it's a, it's a truly beautiful place, firstly, to be. And it's the south of France, so it's amazing weather and, and it's truly fun. And, and I think us as a group at, at Popular, we, we are also in a bit of a transition uh, between new coaches and, and, and players and, and players that's, that's played here for a long time leaving and new guys coming in. So. I think for the next few months we will be in that phase where we transition over to what we want to achieve going forward. But I mean, that's also that's very exciting uh, to be part of something like that. So hopefully we can build on that, and uh, if we can just get back on the field and start training, I guess that'll that'll be great.
Yeah, no, well, that's what you that's what you live to do, isn't it? But, but you've also got quite a few um, former teammates, uh, former Springboks, uh, Bulls guys playing with you there. I think Kubus Reinach is on his way. Do you guys at least get together for for the odd bry every once in a while, um, apart from just you know rubbing shoulders on the training field? <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely we definitely try to try to see each other. And, and, and actually, crazy how big group of South Africans we are here in Montpellier. Um, but it's it's great to have people around you, especially for me as a as a new guy that I can't speak French yet, and and it's, it is a different country, and the language is a bit of a problem to have these guys around to help you out, especially at the club, you know, with the rugby stuff, and and to, to just have somebody you can ask ask for advice at, at any time really helps helps settling in, uh, making it so much easier. And uh, yeah, of course, you know, the only South Africans we're gonna have our prize once a week probably, and uh, it's something we really enjoy together. So it's it's awesome. Uh, Andre, and then um, being in the south of France, like you said, it's it's an amazing part of the world. Um, have you and Maurice had the opportunity to experience Europe a bit since you joined the club? And what do you, if you've got a, a, a day or so to kill, what is your what is your your favourite thing to do down down there in in, in the south of France? Um, well, we we came here in the winter, so it was a it was a it's it's, it's even though you're in the south of France, it's still pretty cold. So the first few months. Um, it was anyway mostly just playing rugby every week, so it was focusing on that. And uh, but we try to go away a little bit uh, to a couple of small towns here in the south, uh, Cassis and, and Nice and, and Marseille. And um, we go to we went to uh, Barcelona a couple of times, which is also awesome. Uh, my wife loves it down there, so it's a beautiful part of the world. So yeah, I mean it's it's like it's it's summertime now, so looking forward to that. And, and the beaches apparently this this place gets a whole different vibe and it, and it gets. A lot of tourists are looking forward to that as well. So exciting times ahead. Uh, and the wine, I have to ask about that. You uh, went to school in fall, obviously a, a wine area in South Africa. What's the wine like over there? Uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant so far. I'll be lying to you if I knew which bottle of wine I'm buying every single time I go to the shop. I sort of just try a different one every single time because I don't know what's, what's on the label. But so far, so good. It's been, it's been really great. <laughs> Uh, Andre, just just for before before we say goodbye, um, one more serious rugby question: um, The British and Irish Lions are due to tour South Africa next year. It's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, I'm thinking of a guy like Francois Lowe, you know, who played in three World Cups, but he never faced the Lions. Um, is that at all in the back of your mind to be able to play against them next year? How do you feel about that tour? Oh, definitely. I think. That's probably the first thing we thought about after winning the World Cup. Is listen, the Lions are coming in two years. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be massive. Of course, the preparations have, have been altered a bit now, and, and it's going to it's going to have a whole new dynamic, the whole build up to it. But I mean, everybody's going to do it. So it's a it's a boy, it's a childhood dream, and I mean, we've we've all know the memories. And I mean, I was. I was 15 years old when we won it uh, in South Africa when uh, Moraes kicked that kick over at Loftus. So, I mean, we've all seen those pictures and it's memories that for us, for me, at then as a young boy, wanting to play rugby one day for the Springboks, it's stuff that is stuck in your head and it's, and it's never going to go away. So, for you to possibly be part of something like that, it's, it's absolutely crazy and it's a dream come true. So, hopefully this whole COVID thing can go over and we can, we can start training and, and playing rugby again and start preparing for that because it's going to be an epic, epic tour. Yeah, I think, I think everyone uh, involved in rugby or lovers of the game, supporters and fans, players alike, would love to see people back on the field. 
Um, Andre, before we say goodbye, any last messages to your so to, to the supporters out there? Oh yeah, it's just uh, just stay patient. Um, we are just as anxious as everybody else, I guess, as as players and fans all together. Just we just all want to want to see you be again on a Saturday and 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 have a bride with your with your mates. Um, I'm sure it'll come it'll come one day, but for now, we just got to keep on being patient and uh, and just keep on supporting the box uh, wherever we are all over the world. Andre, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for joining us from France. Uh, good luck with the, the preparations over the next season or so. And I think uh, a lot of people down here in South Africa and all over the world listening to, the, to this podcast would love to see you back in the green and gold as soon as possible. We've got our fingers crossed that it will happen sooner rather than later and then uh, start that build-up, like you said, to the, to the big tour of the Lions next year. Thanks, Dion. Thank you so much. That brings to an end our third SA Rugby podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, just a reminder, you can find episodes one and two on our website, springbox.rugby, and they are also available on Spotify and on Apple Music. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for the next SA Rugby podcast. For more, click on springbox.rugby or check out our social media channels.